This is Jesse Parker and Tommy Niblack. Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Faith, faith Chair, where we answer the questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture. And on today's episode, Jesse and I talk about our 2020 and set up the rest of season two. Hope you're ready. Let's get into it. So I got a brand new phone at the beginning of the year. I can't believe that. <laughs> I didn't, what are we talking about? I didn't even want a phone. You want to talk about Wednesday? No, I don't want to talk about. I want to start. I want to start. The, this is going to be the first one of the years. So I want to start off with something positive. I was thinking positive. Yes. So some some of our practical prophecies based on what uh, what you guys are doing, what City View is doing, what 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 you're doing. Um, just you and Genesis, um, and then maybe we can share what my family's doing to kind of change the trajectory in our own personal lives because we can't we can't change the world but we can change what's happening in our own sphere of influence yeah. you know what i'm saying yeah yeah i was kind of thinking i was like this isn't gonna be enough for the episode but this could be our icebreaker for sure for this episode uh what is the single best thing that you heard last year the single best thing that I heard last Just this, year. What's the single best thing that you heard last year? And I know I did. Uh, it's just, uh, I'm forgetting. Uh, you start, and I might. Yeah, I was going to say, might, I, I might remember why you started. So you think why, yeah. <laughs> uh, and I'm cheating a little bit yeah. because this was technically the first Sunday of the year. Um, and you were there. But yes. uh, uh, you know, Pastor West was preaching, and he said something that is just. Man, it's just been sitting in my spirit. I'm like, dang, that is so good. And it goes later along with what we'll talk about in this episode, too. Like, what the outcomes of 2020 yeah. that we see as positive as we yeah. come into 2021. He said, Sundays are not discipleship. That's right. And I was just like, dude. Like, yes. Wow. It, so so much of what we talk yeah. about has to do with that. But he yeah. just like, you know, in that simple yeah. statement, like, yeah. encapsulated it all. And I'm just like... That's it right there. That's it. Sundays are not discipleship. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, man, that was some good stuff. What was the single best? I'm not sure if this was 2019 or 2020, but in 20, I think I, I heard it in 2019, but 2020, it became real to me. The question, what does love require? Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I wasn't seeing... And that's like, that's kind of your life mantra now. Right, right. It's just like, yo, am I living and loving sacrificially? So, like, that question was really, like, every day, something that I had to think about every day. And I never thought about it in 45 years of life. You know what I'm saying? Never thought about that question. Think about what a lot of things require of us. Crazy. But not just like, what does love require of us? Yeah. Which is kind of the same as saying, what does God require of us? What is... But we don't think about those two things the same at all. Because his love... uh, Was it... Was it? No, it was... I was talking to Royce last week. Um, Royce Wilson from uh, Bothell. And he and his wife... Uh, kind of lead story up there, story church up there. And he was saying how he's studying this about God, like God's character. Yeah. He was like, what we think is God being wrathful is actually God being loving. Mm-hmm. And like what what he did with Jesus on the cross, it was the culmination of his wrath 
that look that turned into love really mm -hmm. i can't take them out i can't although they deserve it yeah yeah because of my love i'm going to send my son right yeah i was like yeah oh that's kind of like what i just posted yeah. from our so we we finished up the very last yes. week of the year we we fitted in we made it we finished up first corinthians so it took us all last year yeah so we started off second corinthians and we're in the very first i think we only got through the first like 10 verses of of chapter one and i think it's like chapter three mm. through set or chapter one verse three through seven i think about it's kind of like you call it like the comfort paragraph because mm -hmm. he talks about the word comfort repeated like nine yeah. times or something in those verses and the idea that paul brings out is like god responds to suffering with comfort but then the expectation is that you then share that comfort with other people right. Uh, I'm not going to get into the fact that that word comfort means something totally different than what yeah. we think of. Yeah. But the idea that Paul comes out is he kind of like, then he says to the Corinthian church, your comfort, which mm -hmm. you receive from me, mm -hmm. is based on my suffering. Yeah. So somebody has to suffer for somebody else to receive comfort, comfort. from the right. person that's who right. comforts them, That's right. who received that comfort from the Lord because they suffered. Right. right? And right. so it's like this right. idea, again, like you said, yeah. like, it's all wrapped up in love. Because how how can we really How can we really take care of someone or comfort, show comfort? Yeah. If we've never been through, yeah. if we've not had to suffer. Yeah, yeah. Then how how do we actually know what the suffering person needs? Yeah. Exactly, because that's yeah. the basis of compassion. Yeah. I mean, that chapter really was like suffering is met with comfort that you then pass on to others who are suffering. That's kind of like the definition of compassion. And, you know, we were talking in our Bible study about how, mm -hmm. like, there was so much compassion lacking in 2020. Oh, my And so we gosh. started talking a little bit about how, like, we as Americans and American Christians, we don't oftentimes uh, – understand real suffering mm -hmm. like we have first world problem suffering mm -hmm. and god doesn't respond to that like he's not going to comfort me because my cell phone battery's dying like that's not real can suffering. you imagine it's <laughs> not real imagine? suffering it's okay, he's baby. not concerned with it's that okay, kind of baby. first world you. suffering problems that aren't really problems <laughs> but Come because, here, let me hold you. because that's what we've defined suffering yeah. as weird we've been disconnected from god's comfort and mm -hmm. then we've disconnected from compassion because we don't understand the actual suffering of other people because we live such privileged lives in, in America, the most of us. Um, and, and that doesn't mean that we haven't gone through situations and circumstances, but in terms of um, the real suffering that the vast majority of the rest of the population of mm. the, the planet deal with yeah. on an ongoing basis when it comes to poverty and health issues and loss of children and war and famine and all that kind of stuff, we yeah. don't have to deal with that we stuff. We have for the no most part. clue. Yeah. What it's we have no clue. I was watching a documentary today on um uh the cartels in Mexico. Mm -hmm. And freaking Mexico is pretty much the whole country is divided up into like seven cartel blocks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the government has no say whatsoever. Yeah. And people have to live in that. Yeah. Like they can't Yeah. There's certain things they can't. We're just watching that on fire, and it's just like yeah. people get kidnapped down there. It's it's not even. That's it's, a, that's a whole it's not a random. A, it's like right. an organized crime thing. Right. They just do it for money. They like, just do it for money, and you got to live in that. That's a whole nother. That's a whole nother faith walk. Yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? It's uh, like yeah. I I love how you pointed it out. We 
we cry over our cell phone battery dying and whether or not we're going to be able to get a new cell phone. Yeah, or what somebody uh, said about us on social media. <laughs> like, yeah, the things that nothing. we identify as suffering. Yeah. And, and also the idea that, like, in the American, go- the American gospel, yeah. you know, the prosperity message, the American church, and just Americans in general, yeah. like, everything we do is to avoid suffering. Everything. And, and so by disconnecting ourselves from that, yeah. I almost, I don't want to, and maybe it is an almost primary tool of God yeah. for developing and maturing His saints. I wouldn't we've kept ourselves immature. And I wouldn't disagree kept, with that at we've all. Kept ourselves from 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 receiving and understanding mm-hmm. that compassion, mm-hmm. that uh, uh, comfort from God, mm-hmm. and being able to give that to other people. And that's again, that's yeah. a, another place where there's a failure of that of yeah. compassion for other people. That's that so was the biggest failure of 2020. So let me piggyback of what of your original question. Yeah. What was the best thing that happened to you in 2020? Uh, <laughs> I was going to get myself in trouble by, by jokingly saying my wife, wife had vocal cord surgery. You know what? Talk. I could edit that. Oh, <laughs> right. uh, She knows that I'm totally joking. Uh, especially because all I've had to do since then is just is be on her like a Nazi to make, to sure, she's make sure she's not talking. Right, yeah. right. Uh, so that's not really true, but I was going to be, I was going to joke about that, um, which I ended up doing anyway, cause I couldn't keep to myself. <laughs> By saying you didn't want to um, joke about it, you can't want to joke. Um, man, mm. I mean, I, I, I mean, personally, I think, I mean, this isn't a spiritual thing at all, although yeah. it is cause it's totally testimony, like buy, mm. buying a house. For sure. Like, I mean, not only... In the middle of all this in the middle stuff of all, that was yeah, in the middle of all this and being completely unprepared yeah. and, and not having credit that we credit scores that we ever imagined were yeah. would would qualify us for a home. Yeah. Uh, just if you're listening, buying a home is not as far fetched as you may think it is. Yeah. Look into the programs. You don't have to have you technically if you have at least a six twenty. You can qualify for FHA loan. A wow. six twenty, y'all. Wow. I mean that, and if you have a six forty, the government will pay your down payment for you. That's and crazy. then all you need to have is the closing costs. So like it's really doable. It was definitely wow. a testimony. We didn't think it was possible. Mm-hmm. It came out of out of left field. We weren't expecting to have to. Buy. We bought the house. We were renting because our landlords, due to some COVID stuff, had to sell the house. Yeah. And so we were really glad we didn't have to move. We didn't have to unbox anything. We got to stay home. Yeah. Um, you know, we really enjoy our home. We enjoy our neighborhood. Um, but that was just a huge, huge testimony. I mean, even, you know, God worked through some people to provide the money that we needed. Yeah. Um, for the closing costs. That's, a, that's awesome. Um, you know, it was just, it was God from top to bottom. We mm-hmm. didn't, the only reason we looked was because we looked at rentals and realized how much yeah. the rentals were compared to even what we were paying from two years ago. We were blessed that our rent hadn't increased, but we're like, dude, if we're gonna have to pay twenty nine hundred for a three bedroom house, right? Then let's our mortgage is less is what is significantly less than market value for our See. house as a rental. So I'm I'm saving not only saving money on rent, but now mm-hmm. that money is going to equity instead that's of right. just going to my landlord's that's pockets. Right. And that's right. So like I'm super excited about that. It's a little bit of a stretch for us financially. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was going to be more of a stretch to right. trying to rent someplace, right. plus moving, plus all that. So y'all would have had to move to Kewalip, yeah. or it was a long process. It was very much, it was very much an Abraham and Isaac process, right. where like we we were coming up to the final deadline, yeah. and it didn't look like it was going to happen. 
um, and ended up, you know, working out at the, like, really at the last second. The Lord prevented that was the December, ticket. Right? Yeah, December. That's crazy. Yeah, we signed December 15th. So, Man. Um, yeah, that was, that was probably, that was probably the best thing. That's dope. What, what about the, the worst thing? Like, you didn't think something like this could happen, not necessarily to you, but as far as you're concerned, I was, what was the I worst was, thing? I mean, obviously the worst thing for me personally was, was my dad passing. Yeah. Although, you know, at the same time, like, I, I know I'm a different person when it comes to, uh, grieving. For sure. Uh, for people, especially who are believers. Uh, when they pass, I just I look at it totally differently, and yeah. people get thrown off by that. It I was feel like interest- I'm, the sa- I'm the same. It was interesting the feeling the pressure from people mm-hmm. to be more emotional than I was, <laughs> you know. And of course, you know, I had you know people. Oh my god! I had it. You know, my dad was even more quiet and and lonerish and antisocial mm-hmm. than I am mm-hmm. uh, in his day to day life. So you know, I understand like. Some people have a very, very close, intimate, active relationship yeah. with their parent, and they would feel that loss more. And I'm sure I would too if that had been the nature of our relationship. But, yeah. Um, it's just you know it's, you you lost a parent, and yeah. and if nothing else, then the impact on my mom. I mean that was a that was a tough thing. But in terms of things, just generally, I don't know. Like nothing, nothing that happened in 2020 surprised me. Right. Uh, a lot of it was a lot of it was terrible, and and a lot of it what like you earnestly desire with your heart that it would have been different. Mm-hmm. But you know, from from the shootings uh, to to the protests that came out of the show. I mean, then obviously that wasn't it wasn't like all of a sudden the police shot a bunch of black people last year, like it, <laughs> right? It wasn't that wasn't uh, a new thing in that sense. Right. And if right. anything. Um, I was excited and encouraged by the level of response that we haven't seen in this country yeah. before. Um, uh, pushing back on that. Thank you, quarantine. Right? Because the, <laughs> Social the, media. the, circ- the, the tra- tragic events were no different than anything that's happened right. in any other year right. since really the birth of our nation. Mm-hmm. Um, but the response from the public, at least on some sides, was very encouraging. Um but I think we talked a lot about it. I think for me, it's just my heart aches for the state of the church right yeah. now. In, in 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 nearly every circumstance that happened in 2020, the church at whole, um, and this isn't true a lot, and obviously it's not true locally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm super excited about what a lot of churches locally are doing, super encouraged by how they've responded, and even how a lot of, of fellow white Christians uh, were awakened to some things yeah. in 2020. But in general, speaking about the mainstream evangelical mm-hmm. church, uh, the responses to everything from the pandemic to the safety restriction guidelines, uh, the the Trump stuff, the the nationalism, um, uh, the 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 racial inequities and violence and all that, all of those things, mm-hmm. I feel like the church just fell straight on its face. Yeah, it, the ball was definitely dropped for yeah. sure. For me, the best thing about 2020, the best thing that happened to me in 2020 is is conversely also one of the, a, a sad thing. Now I won't say the worst thing, but um, I resigned from, I just texted my wife today. 
I was like, babe, I honestly don't have any stress. Like, you know how things will happen in your life? Um, when you're stressed, you respond differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I was responding. I was such a... I had a horrible response to a lot of things. A lot of normal things that I shouldn't have been responding badly to. Yeah. But because of the job that I had, I was very stressed out. I texted my wife today. I was like, babe, I'm honestly... I haven't been stressed since September. Yeah. <laughs> Not at all. I've been tired. Went to the doctor and I've been certified stress-free. Stress-free. <laughs> stress-free. Um, so one of the best things that happened was that I resigned from... Um, uh, being the worship pastor at the church I was at and got a nine to five job. And it sounds crazy because it sounds crazy to me because I never wanted to work a nine to five. And I still don't. Yeah. But um, I'm appreciative that like it just was kind of seamless. It was right. after the resignation, the job was there, like God really set it up. Uh, and things between my kids, my wife, my kids, and I, as my daughter used to say on Wednesday nights, Daddy, why are you so mad when I was working? Yeah. Why are you so mad? It's like, babe, because there's a whole lot of stuff that has to get done. Da, 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 da. Yeah. We're working for the Lord, so to speak. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And here I am tripping. And I think that's the, the mindset of a lot of uh, ministers who work in that in, in that environment. It's just, well, it's got to be right. It's got to be prepared. Everything's got to be... And certain little things, just depending on their personality, mainly, sets them off, right. you know. And my personality, I was very tightly wound, you know what I'm saying? And uh, my daughter spoke on it one Wednesday, and they haven't said a thing since. They're like, that. Like everything has been yeah. really good um, in spite of all the stuff that was going on in 2020 for... Our family, me resigning was one of the best things I could do. You know what I'm saying? And conversely, it was also one of the worst things or saddest things because I didn't expect it to end like it did. You know what I'm saying? And um, I thought that for the kind of community I was in and and like the love that I, I thought they were, they, they talked about it. Yeah. But when it came time to actually, like when the when the rubber was supposed to meet the road, yeah. it did not. Yeah. And I was like, is this happening right now? Are they seriously not going to address what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, do they not believe that racism exists at all in the Pacific Northwest? I don't know if I can, and I'm going to use a... a a biblical word, strive with them. And you know, <laughs> I don't know if I can. Sh- my striven power is is not working. <laughs> I, I can striven no more. I can striven no more. Um, and I was really sad about that. Because um, you're a part of a community that, and you think, yeah, we're in this together. And then, then when you finally see that you're not, it it yeah. really, and not only. Were we not in it together, like, there's no connection. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? And, yeah. like, if we're the body of Christ, I'm always going to be connected to my ankle. You know what I'm saying? Hopefully. Ho- ho- right, hopefully. Knock, knock on wood. <laughs> I, might not, I, I might not touch it all day long. 
but it's a part of me. Yeah. I'm aware that my ankle is there. You, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And um, uh, I just, yeah. it's a shame that that hasn't, uh, that hasn't happened. Um, so yeah, that that was the saddest. I know one of the cool things for you too was because mm-hmm. I know it was one of the things you were worried about was mm-hmm. like okay, stepping out of full time ministry now. How that's gonna how is that gonna affect the the stuff that I do, the ministry stuff that I do outside of the walls of the church, and yet which is crazy. Uh, still being able to yeah, serve see, in ministry, yeah, that. yeah, which that I think is a, down. Yeah, maybe an encouragement to to ministers out there. Like a lot of times we. I was I was talking to uh, somebody else that's recently, a, that's a great recently point. about the you know the whole five hundred one c three thing and um, you know the future of the church mm-hmm. and 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 all this kind of thing and how you know some people including Pastor West mentioned mm-hmm. you know he's been listening to Kerry Newhoff and stuff and uh, you know moving towards small groups and, and yeah. a less centralized church and what yep. that's going to mean for leadership and pastors yep. and salaries and stuff like that and and just the fact that like we forget that like those of us who have the privilege and really the serious blessing of, of working in full-time ministry that is being paid an actual sure. living wage, for sure. at, you know, to be in ministry full-time 40 hours a week, if mm-hmm. not more, you know, whatever, uh, we're in the, we're in the minority, like the, the, the vast majority of churches and pastors in, in the United States and the world probably, mm-hmm. um, are at least bivocational, if not, working at a complete nine to five and not Uh, even getting paid by the ministry. So it's like ministry can still happen in the context of us spending 40 hours on a job. You, you that I totally forgot about that because that's one of the things that I learned. That's another question. Another good question. Cause I, I went live last week, right before new year's. Mm -hmm. So new year's Eve, I went live on my way home from work and I just talked about five things that I learned about myself in 2020. Um, and uh, I didn't mention this because it was something that I, I just had conversations about outside of, like, I didn't think it was something that I learned about myself. I just thought now, it, it, now I know it is, but at the time, I thought it was something that I learned about ministry and mm-hmm. being in ministry. But I learned that you can still be called and work a nine-to-five job <laughs> and, and still actively minister and mm-hmm. do all the things that uh like i'm i'm literally still doing all the things that i was doing mm-hmm. i'm still doing tracks for uh loop community i'm still uh singing uh at different churches you know what i'm saying i'm still reading books yeah, helping helping us leave Hel- helping you guys while jen is recovering um still reading books still meeting with people um still when i say meeting people i mean um like one on one, going out to coffee, having coffee before the restrictions, having coffee with folks. Right. But Mariah and I, my wife and I, are still having dinner with folks. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So we're still getting together, and encouraging, yeah. uh, publishing your book. Just published a book. God, about that. Do you help people, me with? Tell did the you people, help me with? Tell the people. Um, I just did the cover, dude. Man, please. I I couldn't have I, done I, it without I, you. I still got. I gotta get. It. I gotta read it. <laughs> So the book is called Follow Me, A Closer Look at Obedience. And um, I told you the story, right, of, of why I even yeah. well, started it was, writing. Yeah, well, it was in the, it's in the introduction. Yeah. You so, me. yeah, do you know, I don't even know, he's not going to listen to this, but do you know a guy named <laughs> Nathan French? you know that name? 
Man, that sounds really familiar. But I don't think I know he, Noah. I think he's in Gig Harbor. Oh, then yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but he he uh, he prophesied. He he was the guy I was talking about. He came up to me after an event. And he was just like, "Yo, the Lord told me to tell you to write a book, and he wants it to be about obedience." And um, and he, I don't know if he added all of the extra stuff that I'm about to say, or if it was God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But I was just like, I tried to ignore it. That was one of the main reasons why I didn't want to write the book, because of the extra stuff. I didn't know if it was God or if it was him. But he was like, and God is going to use it, and he's going to da-da-da-da. And I, and I was like, oh, I definitely don't want to write a book now, because <laughs> you talk about flash and flare. I don't want to have any part. Yeah. Of, like, I'm going to do it just because there's going to be fame and fortune attached to it. Forget about mm. it. So, that's, um, that's a word. Bruh. We'll bring that story back up when we talk about <laughs> prophecy, which will be soon in, in this in Yes, season. let's do that. So I told my wife, and my wife was like, that's amazing. And I told her I, I, I didn't leave the flare mm-hmm. and all that stuff out. I told her, and um, weeks went by, and she was like, hey, did you start writing that book yet? I mean, if God told you to write the book, you should write the book. I'm like, babe, it's I kind of a catch-22, right? Like, yeah. Are you obeying God to write the book about obedience? <laughs> All on the other hand, it's like, thank you, Lord. You already gave me my first chapter right there. It's talking about why, why I even I, wrote this book. Why did I? I didn't put it together because I was so turned off yeah. by the other stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, I literally was like, I don't care about that. Yeah. You know? And um, uh, I, I told a friend of my wife's, she had come to visit. She's authored 14 books. Probably at that time it was 14 books, probably more now. Um, so I was telling her and I didn't tell her what it was about and I just told her that this guy said that God said that I should write the book and she was like well and I told her my uh, worries about doing it and how I've been writing songs for over 20 years and you know had minimal success why am I going to write a book what's what's the difference between writing a book and a song yeah. it's, she was like well let me ask you this it's longer right it's definitely longer <laughs> I could put 15 songs together. It still won't be the longest, yeah. longest book. Um, she said, well, let me ask you this. If you even think for a second that God said to do it, does it matter who will read it? If it's going to be a great success or not? Mm-hmm. I was like, no. She said, well, then you should just do it because God said. And then I told her it was about obedience. She was like, well, why are we still having this conversation? <laughs> So the book is is about obedience and what it what it what following God or being obedient to God really looks like and it's not as um, it's not as much of a drudgery as we think it is mm. or as I thought it as I thought it was like he's gonna take all the fun out of living no yeah right. obeying God is fun once you're in the boundaries of His will. There's so much life and there's so much freedom right, in there. Right. So um, I'm I mean, excited. Pe- for that. People literally go and do stupid, crazy stuff to introduce risk and excitement into their life. All day. But, but when it comes to time God. to yeah, when it comes to stepping out in faith to do what God says, oh, that risk is too Bro, much. It's like if you want to live a vibrant, exciting life, like, just obey God. That's literally, and <laughs> that ends chapter. I want to say three or four. Of, he of will not world. keep it dull. Why? <laughs> because he's always right. going to do something to make That's us right. grow in our faith. That's right. It's literally an adventure. Following him. Yeah. Following him. And so, um, 
The book, the Kindle version is out. The paperback for I just got a message from Kindle Publishing Direct that I have to readjust something. Some uh, I think the page numbers I got to oh. fix that. So that'll be available soon, and the audio book version will be available in oh, a month. Are you gonna read it? I'm gonna read yeah. it. Oh. I'm gonna read it. Wow. Yes, sir. And if you're gonna do audio, I hadn't even thought about. Come on, oh, come man. on through. I was praying today. I was like, God, I, I don't. I'm grateful for this job but I miss being at home. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, if I'm home, there was, like, I have urgency to get things done. I was going to ask you, that was actually, yeah. I was just about to ask you, like, do you find yourself being actually more productive with less time? Yes. Now that you have to be intentional about yes. it. Yes. That's, that's one of that those crazy, me. it's counterintuitive, <laughs> it's counterintuitive, <laughs> but at the same time, yeah. Like I was, we were talking on the Bible study because we were talking about uh, one of the people had asked, like, what you know, how old was Paul, and do we know, yeah. like, and I was like, you know, I've never actually really looked that up and mm. what they know about the timeline of his yeah. ministry and, and all that kind of stuff, and and I, but I was saying I was like, and they're older, I was like, I know you guys haven't watched this, you guys don't have Disney Plus, but it reminds yeah. me of Hamilton, mm-hmm. that you know, the the kind of refrain throughout the movie of yeah. this, like, why do you write like you're running out of time? This he had this driven yes, nature, yeah, driven, yes. like he. Had that Paul had that mm-hmm. John Wesley had that. I think mm-hmm. there's certain people in every yeah. generation that God kind of gives this special gift yeah. to. Yeah. They just run at a faster, harder, constant pace yeah. than anyone else does, and not because people are slackers, but because right. they've been given a special grace. Right. I mean, when you look at the kind of schedule that they had and the kind of stuff that Paul did, like it would have been impossible for a normal person. Normal person would just be completely worn out. But it's this idea of like when you have this, and you know Paul's urgency was yeah. like. You know the end Reach. could be near. That's right. You have to take the opportunity, take advantage of every opportunity. He says that in his letters, mm-hmm. and so he had this urgency about him that just drove him to constantly write these letters and it, yeah. and to travel and to preach the gospel at mm-hmm. a rate that was unparalleled by his contemporaries, yeah. the rest of the apostles. Yeah, right. Uh, who maybe were a little bit more settled down and comfortable. I would being say able to that. stay in their kind of Jewish community and I, culture. I and, would say that. Yeah. Right, and so. Yeah, I was curious. I was like, has this actually driven your productivity outside of your job up? It definitely has, and I, and that's what I was praying about today. I was like, God, even though I don't like this, like being in a physical building and away from the house, yeah, I've gotten so much done because my time has been limited. And yeah. I was like, how how can we figure out, Lord, uh, where I can still have something like that, but have more time at home yeah because i i do want to eventually get back to working from home but at the same time i feel like for me personally i need something that 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 i have to say i have to finish this within this amount of time because this next thing is coming up right and uh, without a shadow of a doubt i will have to do this Mm. on this day it's coming, so I have to finish whatever X, Y, and Z project I have going on. Yeah. I have to get it done, or I have to make some headway so that when I come back to it, I'm not starting from scratch. Right. Um, but uh, I feel like, and the other thing that I learned was that my fi- my faith was tested differently as a full time minister. 
than it is now that I'm not. Mm. Uh, and when I say differently, I mean, I was more concerned about my relationship with other believers and how how we were not growing at the same pace. Like, it was like, how how are you not seeing this right now? Mm-hmm. Whereas now, it's, okay, now everything that I've learned in my life, because I this is, it's almost like the first time that I'm back out in public. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Now my, my walk is, okay, all the stuff that I know, I actually have to be it. Yeah. I actually have to do it now, because they knew, they knew, oh, that's Pastor Tommy. Yeah. In the building, you know what I'm saying? But out here, nobody knows. Mm. Nobody knows. I mean, my boss knew that I'm coming from Mm. working at a church and some of my coworkers. Um, But the the whole company, the company as a whole doesn't know. They just see this guy. Right. And so now it's like, okay, are you going to take advantage of the fact that they don't know what your previous job was? Mm. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Or are you going to live? Right. In a way that brings glory to yeah. glory to God. So, um, and I don't know if you talk about it in your book because I haven't read it yet. Mm-hmm. But we talked about that last season, like how being in full time ministry and having your livelihood from a financial standpoint yeah. be reliant on, in some ways, the acceptance and agreement of the people that you lead who give um, has restricted even even pastors who were supposed to be the spiritual leaders were supposed to be in the forefront were supposed to be taking people some have kept That's us disobedient scary That's right scary and then the, but there is a freedom mm-hmm. that happens when your income and livelihood come from somewhere else bro where you're like I can just say, I can say what I feel like God is telling me to say bro. I can do what I feel like God is telling me to do and it doesn't matter whether people like it or not because I'm not relying on you for my dollars. Mm-hmm. I'm responsible for your soul as the person who God has called to be a pastor in your life. I'm responsible. I'm going to have to answer for what kind of a disciple I led you to be. Yeah. And so I don't care if that makes you upset or, you know, makes you stop giving you some money for some while or if somebody decides they want to leave the church about mm-hmm. that because that's not skin off of my back anymore. Well, you posted it today. You posted it today, or was it might have been yesterday, but I saw it today, about how spiritual leaders create dependence, create people that are dependent upon them. Yeah. Uh, and I was just talking to Royce about it um, yeah. Sunday, uh, last Saturday, how celebrities and it's not it's not nefarious. It's not nefarious. What, what I was pointing out was in each. I was pointing out uh, the tendency of each of the fivefold ministry because it's a there's a particular personality that operates in each yes. one of those beyond the gifts. Typically, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know anybody who hates people who has the gift to be a pastor. Like those don't. <laughs> that doesn't you can't work. Go to, can't go, you no, can't no, care. Yeah, that can't be your calling to care for people. <laughs> like, oh and my god! Hate seriously, people. Lord, you want me to be around people again? Like you're probably not called to be a pastor. So there's a there's a personality yeah. and there's a tendency of. Maybe Maybe an evangelist or prophet. Like if you're a person who feeds <laughs> off of, like Pastor West came out you know, on Sunday and shared yeah. how much he struggled in 2020 without mm-hmm. without identifying really what the struggle was just because he felt like a pastor without sheep. Right. He was disconnected he no from his for. energy. So, yeah. yeah, he had no one to care for. He feeds off of the energy of people because mm-hmm. he is truly a pastor, yeah. not just by title, but by anointing yeah. and call and personality. Yeah. Um, and gift and so like he really struggled through all the restrictions of 2020 yeah um but yeah pastors because they are people people 
they have a tendency to want to keep those people around. And the easiest way to keep those keep people around is to make them need you. Bro, that's, right? that's, uh, I, I was talking about it because we were talking about celebrity pastors mm. and, uh, we were we can't we landed on the fact that celebrity uh celebrity pastors or celebrity spiritual leaders will always create dependence instead of disciples yeah well when you look look at the what is what is the root of celebrity celebrate which means you celebrate me yeah you constantly <laughs> have to be me, celebrated right. that's what makes that's a right. cele- if you're not celebrated you're not a celebrity that's anymore. right Right, and so you have to. Con- it's like we talk about, you know, whatever you did to get them, you have to do you to, to keep, keep them. them. And so, at some point, that level, same thing that happens in the Pentecostal mm-hmm. church we talked about with the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. Mm-hmm. God can pour something out, but then if that becomes the goal, then and we have to, and that that's the every only time. thing that can happen every time. That's right. Then at some point, it's going to become manufactured. That's right. It's no longer going to be God. It's going to be us making it and creating it and faking it. Yeah. Uh, because we made that our standard. And you're absolutely right. Yeah, celebrity pastors, but I think it's it's beyond. It, it's even celebrity pastors is just the 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 public mega yeah. uh, manifestation of something that happens on a smaller scale in a lot yeah. of churches. Because you don't get there without the it's the sm- it's the little foxes, right? Those little foxes that you don't address. Yeah, and then you get to a place where. Yeah. Now the whole tree is coming down right. and everybody know everybody can see it now but right. So what did you learn about yourself last year? What did last year teach you about you? Um that I'm cool with quarantine. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of people. I learned I that too. That. I already knew that. I learned I that too. I didn't. I didn't learn that at all. Um, what did I learn about myself in 2020? Um, I think the biggest thing that happened for me in 2020 was I really came into a, a new level of understanding and acceptance of like of like my call. Mm. Um. You know, we've talked about it before. In Does, was season. that something you struggled with? Yeah, well, before? I I, str- I struggled with saying what I what I felt like God wa- wanted me to say, like mm-hmm. what I f- what I felt like was true. Yeah, I would always, you know, especially when we were at the the church we were at before that had such a really strong culture and such a, a strong, uh, like we talked about, like you don't question the people in authority and leaders right, are right. supposed to be aloof and above and better than. Um, you know, everything, everything that I posted, everything that I said, everything that I communicated, the way that I acted, it was all, uh, measured yeah. and, um, controlled mm-hmm. and filtered. Mm-hmm. And, um, not, not that I don't do that. It's part of the reason why I don't like talking to people on the phone. And, and I like, <laughs> I like posting on social media and writing emails because I like yeah. to consider, what I'm going to say, yeah. and I often revise and edit and cut down and change mm-hmm. and shift. Uh, so the filtering should always happen. We should never yeah. lose our filter, right? Because not everything that pops into our head is of the Lord. For sure. But but I lost my fear, I think, is what really happened. Mm-hmm. Um, even at the beginning, um, when stuff started going down with uh, with the uh, protests and the shootings and 
uh, really the confrontation our, our, our society wide confrontation of the yeah. realities of racism um, and, and the like. Uh, it, you know, my wife was nervous because she's like, you know, I'm posing this stuff. And she's like, I don't know how people in the church um, or even our leaders right. are going to take that. You right. might be endangering our position in the mm-hmm. church. And, and so even, you know, again, that 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 trap of full time ministry mm-hmm. when your livelihood is reliant right. on um, some level of acceptance and agreement from those who have power over the dollars. Um, and whether you're a staff, whether you're an associate pastor, and that includes like your leadership and the people, yeah. or you're the lead pastor, and that just includes the congregation who pays you your salary through tithes and offerings, Dang whatever God. it is, right? Um, I really just kind of I lost that fear mm-hmm. that had kind of kept me quieter and more filtered mm-hmm. in the past, mm-hmm. and 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 I and as that happened, I came to understand like this is who God has called me to be. Mm-hmm. Um, since then, God has challenged me, and through some some people who I respect, you know, who've commented and and said some certain things, I've recognized like I need to be careful to you know, to measure out positivity with negativity and, and to be clear mm-hmm. when, when that the criticism is comes out of love and right. not just being critical. It's, it's for the betterment of the church and for people. It, it's for, it's for us to be more like what God called us to be, which I know is the best life and the best state for the church. And that's what for I sure. dream of. Right. Um, and so just being careful to be, to communicate that in the midst of the critiques, right? But I've just recognized, like, and I think part of it too was studying through First Corinthians, yeah, and just again recognizing that I've I've found myself discovering a lot of parallels with Paul, yeah. Like even when I go back to like when I really got saved, getting knocked out in the spirit, mm-hmm. and and basically blacking out for two two mm-hmm. two hours, and mm-hmm. and then coming to like, you know, being similar to the wow. road to Damascus yeah. experience and. Um, I feel like there's a lot of Paul's being revealed or personalities like Paul. Mm-hmm. Paul's personality being revealed because there has there has been a lull in the voices or, or quieting in the voices that um, that God wanted to use because I think of the dependence upon people. Yeah, the pe- yeah. people liking them. And now it's like he's like, no, he's removing the fear. Yeah, from yeah. the fear of men from people. Yeah, um, and that's huge. And you even look at you know even biblically there was an undercurrent of an ongoing. I don't know how you want to put it. Cold War. There was an iciness between Paul and Peter. Sure. Right. They disagreed on some things. Paul kind of came out of nowhere and, and challenged Peter. And, you know, Peter was called to the Israelites and Paul was called to the Gentiles. So there was almost like there was two early churches that really kind of operated almost independently and with some slightly different ideas about things. Oh, for and, sure. And, and uh, you know, and so there's, there's, I think how that expresses itself today mm-hmm. is like a lot of people, you know, they look at what I post from the perspective of church people. And one of the things that I became aware of through 2020 was the the correction of the church from 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 my perspective, from my heart, the way God speaks to me, yeah. is not not that it's not about, but it's not as much about the church itself mm-hmm. being okay. It's about 
how the church being not okay is affecting the 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 testimony of Christ to the unbeliever. That's right. That's where I that's that's kind of the pocket I found myself in yeah. was that I was getting a Me lot too. more responses not from believers. Right. Um, right. Although there there were plenty who were like, yeah, the, you know, amen, whatever. But it was the it was the gratitude, and then the questions, and then even the interest in exploring faith Absolutely. from unbelievers yep. who were being who were being exposed to the fact that what they were seeing on the news and what mm-hmm. they're seeing on TV and mm-hmm. what they're hearing in the newspapers and what you know what the mainstream church in America had become is not the reality of Christianity. Yeah. And suddenly, you know, it's kind of like that John Wesley thing, like mm. their hearts were strangely warmed. Like right. Suddenly I'm I'm open to having a conversation about this right. when I wasn't before. So it was like it was for the sake of yeah. the gospel being preached, not so much for the sake of, you know, P- Christians can choose to be right or be wrong. Right. But an unbeliever who doesn't have the Holy Spirit doesn't have that choice the, yet. Right. They're, they're looking from the outside... And yeah. and seeing, wait a second, this guy's, yeah. I'm hearing something, yeah. I'm seeing something yeah. different than what I've heard, yeah. and it's making me interested in yeah. what he has yeah. to say now. No believer is going to be able to stand before God, you, although leaders are going to mm-hmm. answer for it. Mm-hmm. No, the 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 individual believers are not going to be able to stand before the Lord and say, well, my pastor taught me. You had the scripture, you had the Holy Spirit in front of you, you are responsible for how you but live. But they say that now. I've said that before. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm, they're definitely saying that now. Right. Unless the Holy Spirit changes their heart and people like you, people like me, continue to follow the leading of the Holy Spirit and speak up yeah. about things. That's planting seed. That's watering seed so the Holy Spirit can bring the increase. Right. Um, and I wanted to say, because I've never, I, I read all your posts. And I've not seen, well, I, I, there's a difference between, just like there's a difference between uh, divisiveness and division. There's a difference between critique and critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, someone who's being critical, um, I heard it described like this. Someone who's being critical will always point out what's wrong without the solution. Mm-hmm. That's a critique. Right. A critique is, hey, this is the problem, but here's how we can fix it. Yeah. Which, and I think people get it mistaken, they don't, or they don't understand the difference between the two. So when they read your post... They completely don't even see. You always have a solution. You wind up with a solution. You you point. Yeah, you bring, I try you point to, out the, and, and the that's problem. something I become yeah. more conscious of. Yeah, like, don't. And it's kind of like um, <laughs> when my wife's like, "How come you don't really like NF's music?" And I'm like, "Because it's so dark." <laughs> like he it's he dark. his songs are a lot about the same stuff that like recently Lecrae's been about. Yeah. But Lecrae's song always ends up somewhere else. Right. And I'm like, I would love if NF would just bring in the hope. He's point. still like, yeah, and, but I still maybe, got the gun to my and head. Maybe it's because he's still finding it, the you end. know, and that's yeah. part of the journey. But you know, that's why I've struggled with listening to a lot of his music. Yeah, um, my son. But it's the same thing. So it's like, enough. you know, I, I, I know that you know, as gracious as you are, I'm sure that there was posts, you know, in the, in the, especially in the last year, where I, where it was just a harsh critique, and it wasn't, it, it, might it wasn't have been. with, it wasn't with a. And here's what we can do about that. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to be more conscientious yeah. of, of having that, making sure that there's a hope, making sure that there's yeah. a direction. Um, a, a, I feel a, like I, I might, I might, I might be saying that because that's the type of person I am. Too. Yeah, <laughs> and we also think alike, right? So 
I, I, I. But that's what it looked like from yeah, reading it. That's I, what I, I, that's what I, I like to. This, this is why my wife gets so mad because mm-hmm. I've, I've banned her from commenting on my posts yeah. because she has a tendency <laughs> to jump in all defensive, right, and and be a little intense about it. And I'm like, I appreciate the dialogue, right. I don't have to agree with the people who contradict yeah. me, yeah. But, um, but like I said, some of those voices from people that I respect, um. We should never be above stepping back and checking our hearts. A hundred percent. And and I'm not above that. 100%. And so those voices, even if I come to the point where I'm like, no, I don't agree with yeah. you, they cause me to say, hold up a second. Yeah. And, and let me think about what I what I said in that. Let me think about what I posted recently. Let me think about my heart. Mm-hmm. Let me check my heart and make sure that I'm right and I'm not just getting bitter mm-hmm. or 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 am I am I sliding off the theologically right. sound side right. because of emotions, you know, blah blah blah, right? We have to check ourselves and mm-hmm. allowing those voices and not cutting them off. Um and I know some people on you know who engage me on social media probably don't think that I pay attention or care. But I actually do. Absolutely. I pay attention to everything that That's gets right. posted. And a lot of stuff that people post that I don't comment on, yeah. it, it allows me to have a framework of, uh, they, they call it an echo chamber. Yeah. You right? don't want to be in and, an echo chamber. Yeah, we right. cannot ever let That's ourselves right. get into an echo chamber. Right. We have to allow contrary points of view. Always. And And this is, my my wife even said, she's like, you, she's like, I'm not like you. But she's like, you, you come to this point where the, the dialogue between people of differing points of view uh, though it rarely changes mm-hmm. my mind, mm-hmm. it at the minimum sharpens my response. For sure. Okay, now I understand who the people who don't believe like I do, mm-hmm. I understand how they think now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand what they're looking at. I mm-hmm. understand what's dominating their opinion or mm-hmm. their approach or their thought process. And now I can formulate responses to mm-hmm. those. It's kind of the same, you know. Who's uh, your biggest uh, voice? Art of, art of war, right? Art of war, yeah. Know your yeah. enemy. yeah. You have to know their tactics. And the Bible tells us you have to be aware of the tactics Mm -hmm. of the enemy so that you can formulate a response, right? And so uh, that's what I try to do. Um, But I'm trying to be better at it uh, to make sure, like you said, critique has to then come with a plan. I've I've had to do the same thing. That I've had to learn because 2020 brought brought out of me a lot of stuff that I didn't know was there. Mm -hmm. And um, I found myself, and I think you... You you take the same approach as my wife does when it comes to writing because she took all the same law uh, courses. Um, what is it? Um, oh, it, it probably wasn't education. It was about the fact that because we both, the fact that we both pursued right, that right, in right. the first place means our brain. But isn't there the a class way. that help uh, um, a writing class? There's a legal writing class. Uh, the, hated the heck legal writing class. So so they made and she would she would tell me this. We had to write it then rewrite it Re- there's always a better way to say something there's always a better way to write something and, and punctuation um, is right. incredibly important like insanely important insanely. and the rules are totally different it's, oh yeah it's a whole other world if you put a comment instead of a semicolon or if you put it one word later or earlier in a contract you can change the it's entire interpretation it's a whole world I hated that class so she she's my she's the one that I go to with every before I post stuff mm-hmm. like there's a lot of times that we've already had conversations and i've landed i've really tried to uh if i'm a post if i'm going to post something i've really tried to condense it from a con- conversation yeah. to like a bullet point yeah um or a, a headline um but if it's longer than that 
I'll run it by her first. Yeah. Like, babe, yeah. what do you think about this? See, you're the emotional artist mm -hmm. who connects with her on the technical stuff. Yes, yes. I'm the technical one. I connect with my wife to check on the tone and the emotionality <laughs> of it. Right, 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 right. But I don't know. That's that. That's the thing that bothers me about writing, because. Like, people say, you know, it's better to, if you have an issue with somebody, call them. Don't write a letter. Don't send an, e uh, don't send an email. Don't send a text. Um, I tend to agree and disagree. I'm kind of half. Because if that were the case. I mean, I, I really think we can convey everything. In a perfect through world. Through, through in, words. In a, in a perfect world, right? R written where words, where right. everyone yeah. was reasonable and had yeah. had mature emotions mm -hmm. and were able to control themselves and listen to what other people were saying. That would work. Right? That would work. Yeah. Um, you have to know yourself. Yeah. If you're a high-strung emotional person, confronting things face-to-face -face may be really, really challenging. Right. You know, it may right. be way better for everyone involved right. for you to sit down and calmly... Right. Think out and write it out. Even, I used even, to be that even person. write it out and then read it. Like I had I'm to, gonna read I used this to be word that for word, and then you can respond. Like I had to do yeah. that. I, I have to. I would have to write down something like uh, when I was working as uh, when I was full time ministry. If there was an issue that came up, there was no way I could just talk about it. I'd have to write out the whole thing. After either send it in the email or just write it. Yeah. So then. Because sometimes when you get into a conversation and it gets heated, you forget what you really want to say. Yeah. So well, I, I had that. to write it down. I hate when I leave a yeah. conversation and be like, dude, you totally forgot yep. about. So writing it down for me helped me that if I was, if, if I did get flustered or if, if I felt my ire rising, I knew, okay, but you, you know what what you need to say you haven't said it yet so calm down so you can say it right. and it would always it would always settle me but if i hadn't written it or if i hadn't discussed it most of the time i would discuss it with my wife first or write it down and or pray about it um if i hadn't done those three things then it was a wrap yeah <laughs> always i would always lose it and so um uh so yeah 2020 helped me really define or, or 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 sharpen and make more plain what I wanted to say, more clear what what I wanted to say um, in posts, so where people were not like it started stuff. Yeah. It definitely started stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it was very clear what I was saying. And here's the, here's the crazy thing. Even with your post, it revealed the hearts of a lot of people that you didn't even know what was really. We didn't even know what was really in their hearts. Yeah. And then we posted it, and then, boom, there it comes. Yeah. What are you talking about? They love killing babies. How can you align with somebody? What are you talking about right now? Yeah. We got to bring uh, Heaven's Kingdom down to USA, because this is where he's setting up in New Jerusalem. What? Who? What are you? What? I didn't even know you were like that. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, but the same thing happened with me. Some of my friends who weren't believers reached out. Wow, I didn't even know 
like I knew people, this is why I walked away from church, but the way you're handling this situation, one girl messaged me and said, I don't like this whole church thing, but I've been going, but I've also been watching some of your videos and seeing a lot of your posts and can you help me understand yeah. this yeah. better? I'm like, babe, I don't even, I don't even talk to this person. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, um, I feel like, I definitely feel like 2020, it helped solidify in me what God was trying to call me to. Pretty much the same thing that, that, yeah. that you said. Um, cause I didn't know this guy existed. Yeah. You, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I had no clue. Like, I never wanted to be afraid of uh, of doing what I kn- knew was right, mm-hmm. um, doing what I kn- knew the, the, the Lord wanted me to do, um, but I didn't know it would look like this. Yeah. It, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Even though we could read stories about it in Scripture right. and other people's lives, I, I didn't know if it looked like it re- this. It reminded me of, like... Um the the scenes of like uh, his early life in 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 Ray like a Ray Charles and uh, like I, I was I've been watching the because I got in the Mandalorian yeah and so then I realized in talking to some people because there's some plot elements I was like I oh, hold up I don't understand how this connect so like you gotta watch the animated shows because there's a bunch of characters in oh, there that shoot. they're bringing out in the Mandalorian so I started watching are them. you serious the cool thing is there's like 23 minute episodes so you oh, okay. cruise through a okay. season pretty quickly. So I was I've been watching all those and and there's one where where this Jedi loses his eyesight mm. and he has to he has to be taught by someone else like like even though you can't see you can still see the same thing with Ray like wow. and I think that I think that the trick and the opportunity in 2020 that I think a lot of people probably experienced the same thing we did was that yeah you, we lost some stuff or mm-hmm. we were cut off from some stuff for a mm-hmm. season but. When you can transition from focusing on what you don't have to discovering the opportunities that has presented, mm-hmm. more time with my kids, more time at home, more time with right. my spouse. Right. A lot of people uh, struck up hobbies. A lot of people took yeah. their hobbies and made them businesses. That's right. um, you know, just uh, uh, re re. I don't know, Evaluate. Not not reevaluate necessarily. Assess. Yeah, reassess. That's the word mm-hmm. I was looking for. Like reassess things mm-hmm. and. And um, and push into what you do have. That's right. Like, and don't just don't just be complaining and angry and upset and and depressed about what has been taken. Mm-hmm. But like, there's an opportunity there to press into what you still have. Just yeah. like with Ray, where it's like, well, you lost your eyesight, but now you can, you know, that's one fifth of your senses. That's now right. you have a little percentage more to press into your smell, into your hearing, mm-hmm. into your. Uh, uh, taste and mm-hmm. you can experience more than what average people experience in those four senses because wow. you lost the one right yeah and so like I think a lot of us had that and, and had experiences similar to yours and mine where things that we thought were uh, inconsequential mm-hmm. became became important mm-hmm. um, things that we didn't know were inside of us yeah came out yeah and we're like oh wow like this is actually who I am and I think a lot of people while a lot of people are really upset and a lot of people really struggled through 2020, and it was a, a challenge. I think a lot of people are coming out of it, uh, like, excited for yeah. what they discovered during yeah. that time. Yeah. They found maybe a little bit more truth about who they are or became, like you and I, more comfortable in what God had called us to. Yeah. Um, 
and, and that's exciting. You know, I was telling Pastor, we I think we talked about it. We talked about how like one of the significant changes for the church in twenty twenty one will be that there was there's this whole ocean mm-hmm. of leaders that have been empowered. That's right. That's right. Uh, because church had to operate so differently. It was mm-hmm. more small group oriented mm-hmm. online. So there was all these people that suddenly were given authority and leadership roles who right. had never had an opportunity before. Right. And that, you you know, now whenever things kind of get back to, not get back to normal, but get back to where we can gather normally, mm-hmm. we'll just call it that, you know, hopefully whenever this vaccine gets yeah. disseminated enough and we can go back to having large gatherings things like that. It's not like you can just turn the switch off on people who've been activated. That. Like That's that. right. That's right. And so, like, I think that alone is mm-hmm. going to birth all kinds of new ministries yeah. and parachurch ministries and churches and um, and new leadership models. And um, do you think it would ever go? I don't think I've ever asked you this question before. Do you think it could ever move? I want to say back to, but that's the only thing I can think of right now. Back to the place that it was when Paul was writing letters to a church in a region. You know what I'm saying? Like the church. This is a letter for the church in yeah. Corinth. Those that are gathering, mm-hmm. the body gathering in yeah. Corinth, the body gathering in yeah. Galatia. We talked about that a little bit. I was mm-hmm. talking. We were talking with Pastor West about that because he was talking about some of the stuff that he had heard from you know Carrie Newhoff and mm-hmm. um, this other guy whose name I can't. John Region or Reacher, can't remember his name. Reacher, but uh, uh, I'm probably totally wrong. My wife will remember. Mm-hmm. But um, you know, just uh, I mean, that's essentially, from my understanding, mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of what Francis Chan has been pushing sure. into is is home churches, but but there's but there is some organizational structure for sure. There's there's there is kind of an apostolic oversight, so mm-hmm. it is very much a New Testament, mm-hmm. you know, Acts early church model where you mm-hmm. have all these local gatherings so you don't have overhead uh, you you don't have full-time pastors right you have small groups meeting at homes mm-hmm. and if they get big you split off you need another home mm-hmm. but there is kind of a there's an oversight to it's not just a free-for-all where right. everybody's doing their own thing there is kind people of a, you got to have do, people have to know okay am Am I still living in a way that's worthy of the gospel? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And who and who is you know who, and who are, can say who are these five thousand pastors right. submitted to right? right? Um, and, and so yeah, you, it's it's kind of a, a, a mosaic, mm-hmm. you know, hundreds, fifties, and tens type of thing. Um, I definitely think that that's possible. I think it's already being done, and, yeah. and we also forget that it's. It has never stopped being done in many places in the it world. Hasn't. That's true. Um, and so, just because our model has been different for a long time, doesn't mean that it's it's like you said, it's not really a return to right, right, right. It's almost kind of, and this is the this is what I, I'm pretty sure I'm going to title my book is it's a rediscovery. Nice. Um, it is something a that's ar- that's always been happening. It has right. always worked. That's right. And uh, is is wildly successful in many other places in the world. Um, and can be, I think, can be here. Do you um, feel like, I feel like there's way less stress involved in that. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, first of all, because you, you're not there's dealing no with, you're not dealing with as many people. Yeah. And, and there's more of a community. Yeah. Um, because now it's like, oh, it's not, it's not these 10 large churches and yeah. their competing ideologies, denominations, leadership, uh, 
we talked about it. Once you take money out of the equation, right? Everything it's is funny like, how many so many walls will fall down and bro. people will be able to work together and there won't be any stress or competition because there won't be any money. It won't be yeah. they're taking money or people. And it won't be a comp- competition yeah. for people either because you're yeah. only going to have as many people as you can fit in your house. And so, yeah, I think that, that erases many of the things that restrict ministry. And I, I, Who was I, I listening to? It must have been Carrie... It must have been Kerry Newhoff. I can't remember the guest he had. It was, it was I was listening to it this week, um, but it was an episode from December, mm-hmm. like the uh, December twenty eighth or something like that. But um, his guest was talking about how Paul was in 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 certain of his letters. He was literally addressing. So take Galatia, uh, his letter to the church in church there he was he was trying to help in each actually in each of the letters he was sending out he was trying to help them not necessarily change the culture but live in the culture but in a way that pleases god yeah. because for some of those people the if they went if they went against the the culture was laws for some for for some of those folks yeah. it wasn't the same in Thessalonica that as it was in Galatia, mm-hmm. but in Ephesus, the culture was you have to do X, Y, and Z, um, and he was like, "Look, so that you don't get killed for culture reasons. It's one thing to get killed for Christ. It's yeah. another thing to get killed for culture reasons. This is what you you should do yeah. because that's going to show them that there's something different about you. Right? You're actually going to." represent the kingdom by living in a way that keeps you keeps their eye the government's eye off you yeah you know what i'm saying so um i i feel like i feel like we it it'll be the same it will be one body but different parts of the world it'll have to look like it'll look different in iran than it looks here yeah you you know what i'm saying but um like still I, I hope we won't have to send letters out to people saying you shouldn't be sleeping with your stepmom. I hope we don't have to send those kind of letters I'm out. I'm sure we will. <laughs> it's, just, it's, just, it's the same human heart. It's the Dude, same temptation. You shouldn't it's be. Same, what do you do? It's the same sinful, you know, culture as it always was. So I'm sure, I'm sure that'll still happen. But Man. you know, even when you think about like when you decentralize the church, mm. how much more that forces cooperation to accomplish larger goals. Man, we will look if you don't so have, much better. If you don't have a single congregation under a single name yeah. of 5,000 people, but that 5,000 is now, I mean, what would that be? That would be like something, maybe somewhere around 250 home churches. Bro. So then you want to do some big event. Now you're cooperating amongst 250 home churches instead of, uh, you know, just. Dude, your own, uh, I put that in air quotes, your own people. Yeah. But I, I, that makes me excited. Talk about ending with hope. That makes me excited because the, the, the body of Christ, the church of God, uh, um, it hasn't died. There's still hope. Yeah. There's a lot of things in it that have, that we have broken. We've just made up our own gospels, mm-hmm. um, and, and tainted that made the good news, bad news. Right. <laughs> um, but I, I'm really hopeful for 2021, um, and 
I'm really hopeful for the body of Christ in 2021 and what it's going to look like. The people's minds that are being opened to how big God really is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we we literally thought that he was, he wasn't one size fits all. Like, he was like, nope. This God only fits in this box. I think 2020 is going to reveal how big he actually is. Yeah. Um, how much love he actually has and um, how much grace. Not only had, I think people are going to understand, begin to better understand his grace and therefore show it more. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm really grateful for, for, for 2021. And you got a book coming in 2021. Yeah, yeah, working on it. Are you trying to finish it this year or? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got, I basically have three of the five sections done. Nice. So. I should be able to get the next two done. There was one section where I kind of got bogged down, and I was like, maybe, I was, again, it was kind of like, yeah, I had five sections with five chapters each, and I was yeah. like, maybe God's messing with me. He's just going to make me take one chapter out of one eh. section. Just to throw the symmetry off, just so he can just be like, don't forget that I'm the boss. Now, do you read, <laughs> when you go back to work on it, do you read the previous chapters first before you start writing again, or do you just go back uh, to I, I do if it's been a while. Um, when when I was dr- writing less um, less regularly, and mm-hmm. I was like, okay, let me make sure I'm I'm finding myself back in the flow. Obviously, if I'm jumping back in the middle of a chapter, yeah. I, I read from the beginning of the chapter. Um, but I but but then but then I actually built an outline. At first, I was kind of just winging it. Yeah. And as I was winging it, I, I began to see how the structure was taking form, and then I put the outline together, and that's gotcha. where I was like, oh, cool, five sections, five chapters. I love it, Lord. Um, and then this one, I kind of got bogged down in it, so then I wasn't writing for a while just because I wasn't wrapping my brain around yeah. the idea. i got to send it to you, actually. It's talking about the it, the section is on Jesus' leadership, and this chapter is talking about um, um, like his submission to authority. Mm. And, and so then we talk about the biblical hierarchy. And where I got bogged down was getting into the conversation of the Trinity. And... Uh, mm. And and That's, I have I have some not not new or unique but probably not mainstream yeah. thoughts about the the doctrine of the Trinity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was actually thinking about sending it to you. Be like, does this even make sense? I'm way off base here. So because <laughs> it is, it's like this. It, it can, I don't want it to get too uh, academic, too heady, right? Too heady, mm-hmm. you know. So I try to I try to rein it back in, but at the same time, I think there's a there is an important. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, nuance there between mm-hmm. the idea of the Trinity and as it's been taught and, and what we actually see in Scripture. Thus saith the Lord. I'm going to resist touching on anything else that we're going to have a podcast right, about. Right, right. We could go. We, we could go We're going to talk about the attack on the Capitol. We're going to talk about uh, the nature of prophecy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about it all this season, y'all. Yeah. I'm hoping to get a couple on that's um, Pacific Northwest. They're Pacific Northwesterners, but they... They just released a book about narcissistic uh, spiritual leaders mm. um, and what they saw in 2020. So that would be kind of cool. I'm going to be reaching out to them. So anyway, that was the Faith Share first episode in 2021. 
the rest of the season is going to be it's going to be pretty hot. Bananas. So. We out. See y'all. Thanks, Thanks for, for listening. listening. Join us next time. Yes, please join us next time as Jesse and I continue to answer questions that arise at the intersection of faith and culture.